Hit record, and then we'll just go, boom. The podcast is supported by CMBT Nutrition. Fuel your passion. You're doing that work on the mats. You need that pre. You need those BCAAs. You need that protein hit for recovery afterwards. You need a snack. These guys have the best bars going around. My favorite is the salted caramel. Trusted by the 145 UFC champion of the world, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. Head over to cmbt.com.au and fuel your passion. We get to the point. To the point. Benny Cook. How are you, brother? You're in the house. Yeah. <laughs> Epic intro, mate. That's really cool. Yeah, thank you, mate. Appreciate that. Um, and also appreciate you uh, giving your time as well. I know you've got, you've got a lot of moving parks with the, the gym opening back up and a lot yeah. of things happening. Yeah. So appreciate the time, brother. No, as I said before, thanks, man. It was really kind of you to ask to talk to me. That's really nice. So never done a podcast before, so I'll, yeah. I'm well, looking forward to it. Well, mate, the uh, the the kind of common response is is that many people don't sit there and kind of talk about themselves for an hour. Yeah. Um. So you know, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Or not weird. I guess you you kind of most people go, fuck, man, I don't realise how much I've done and what I've achieved and what I've contributed to the community and yeah. to yeah. have actually sat down and had this conversation. So yeah. First things first, mate. I want to say congratulations on receiving your black belt. Yeah, that was very cool. Yeah, so I was, um, yeah, able to to be there and, and watch Jamie give you your black belt. And yeah, uh, I remember you coming to Friday mornings at Gorilla as a purple belt and a gi. Oh yeah, and, yeah, uh, a long time ago. Yeah. yeah so like you've um, you were like Jesus Christ, man. I've been a purple belt for a hot minute. And, you know, yeah. I want to to get this this journey happening. And uh, obviously, you know you absolutely blessed to to have someone like jamie come into yes. into, into your business yeah it's, it's unreal just having him on board so yeah basically uh what i think i i got my purple belt maybe like uh i was already been like 23 so like you know that's uh 11 years ago so then that was where <laughs> i sort of paused for a while because i was just doing only no gig and sort of jumping around between different places and uh and then yeah just i thought oh well you know jb's got a great reputation he closed down his uh gym unfortunately for the for the boys but it turned out to be a real blessing so i started to go up there and train with him and and then we just gelled and i realized that you know he's a great coach and a great person so yeah brought him into alpha i just asked him if he wanted to come and keep coaching without the responsibility of trying to run the place yep and uh, and yeah, he jumped on board, and then it's just been great ever since. It's been really nice to you know have all the JB boys con- connect with my guys, and you know really create like a family. It's been good. Yeah, awesome man. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think you can find a one a better coach or two a better human being than Jamie Ballard. Yeah, absolutely. The man. most selfless person in the world, and all he cares about is that everyone's doing jujitsu or martial arts. Yeah, that, that was the, the main thing. I'm, I'm really glad that we sort of connected. So I've had a lot of coaches over the years and all of them have been great. Um, but I think uh, we just gel really well with JB. Got a really similar, um, I suppose, mindset and vibe where we like how we like to roll and how we like to um, you know, treat our students and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. we, he's just a perfect fit. Uh, and yeah, he's got, um, you know, he gave uh, Muzz and, and Morley's black belt on the same day. So he's got really, you know, uh, solid um, students and so I think getting a black belt off JB actually is really quite meaningful, which yeah. is good. 
Yeah, mate, 100%. I've uh, spoken countless times on here, um, you know, with people like, you know, I've had Muzz on, on the podcast mm-hmm. and I've been lucky enough to be good friends with Chad who started with JB, mm-hmm. back with Sean. Yep. And, um, you know, like everyone just speaks so highly of the guy. And you got to remember, like, this guy is like a pioneer of yeah, not just jiu-jitsu, like of mixed martial arts for the, for 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 um, for Newcastle and for the Hunter. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he uh, he started training about I think about twenty eight years ago. I think it was. I think that's about right. So he's he's fifty now. So um, just to have someone with that level of experience is crazy. Yeah. He's been around, done everything, and um, and to learn off him and, and and to you know be mentored by him is just a, is a wonderful privilege. Um, so yeah, I mean, my I'm about halfway there in that journey, about 14 years. So you know, I'll just keep going just like him. That's kind of what I, yeah, uh, you know, envision myself doing. Just keep going until I'm 90 and still beating up all the white belts and having fun. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, mate. Obviously, we know you're a black belt. So, mm. but give us a bit of a, a an introduction to to yep. who you are and how we've gotten to this black belt today. Yeah. So I, I guess um, my story is a little a bit of a unique one. Um, so I started training uh, when I was like 20 pretty much. So I played rugby league and rugby union my whole life. And then I uh, went along to a jujitsu class at Best and Gracie um, and fell in love straight away. And then just pretty much as soon as I uh, did that first jujitsu class, then it just became everything that I ever wanted to do. So pretty much my whole early twenties, like 20 through to sort of 25 was, I was just a uh, I was on you know, five hours a day type of trainer pretty much like so I'd be going to so I, where I originally trained at where I first started was like kickboxing with um, Rob Murdoch at Henkai at Warners Bay uh, and, and jiu-jitsu under Luke Beston and uh, so that was pretty much just like my um, my whole day was just training pretty much I committed like while I was at uni uh, you know and living at home and having no expenses and doing all that stuff so I just did that um, every day all day every day um, and then my, so really what I was more passionate about apart, like I, originally I loved gi, gi jiu-jitsu, but I started to move and, and get more interested in like submission wrestling and MMA and stuff like that as well. Uh, so then Muzz opened Brotherhood at Katara, um, which is many, many moons ago. So then I went over to train under Muzz and Graham Wayera. That's where I got my purple belt from. Yep. Um, back when they were still at Katara, which is now like a, um, a swimming center, I think it is now. <laughs> so they changed and moved on. Uh, yeah. So then that was me. So I was kickboxing out of, um, out of Rob Murdoch's gym and, uh, and, and training, you know, wrestling and MMA under, under Muzz and, um, and Graham. Yeah. And then, uh, my well, Lauren, my wife now, uh, my girlfriend at the time, Lauren. So we moved to Sydney, uh, and we moved down there when I was about uh, twenty four, maybe twenty four, twenty something like that, twenty five. Uh, I went down, and then I started training at Boxing Works um, under Larry Papadopoulos. So then I trained under him, and he really introduced me to sort of more like no gi submission wrestling. Like he's a Greco Roman guy, so he sort of did more wrestling oriented stuff. Um, and I remember going down there and getting heel hooked like every three seconds because they <laughs> rolled with leg locks even back then, like 10 years ago before it was cool. Uh, so I learned a lot of him. Um, and yeah, so then that's like the early part of my career, or, you know, training and, and fighting and everything like that up until I was about 26, 25, 26. Uh, and uh, then I did something crazy that you're about to embark on. Then I had a child. So, <laughs> so uh, my wife and I, Lauren, we had uh, Riley, my first son. And so then I actually uh, moved back from home, from Sydney, uh, because it was too expensive to, to live there on, on what we were earning. And we came back home to, uh, to train. So I started training at Brotherhood again yeah. under Muzz um, uh, all the way up until uh, he shut pretty much. 
So uh, basically what happened when I came back, I was just doing strength and conditioning coach. So that's my um, qualifications. I've got an exercise and sports science degree. Yeah. Uh, and I was yeah just doing strength and conditioning, helping out the boys. And then uh, what kind of coincidentally happened was that uh, while we're doing strength and conditioning and stuff like that, some of the guys were like, oh, hey, Cookie, I've rolled with you. You know, can you give me tips on wrestling and jiu-jitsu and stuff like that? And I just sort of accidentally fell into it yep. and started helping him with their grappling. Um, and uh, Simon Arantz, who's, who's still w- with me now, uh, who's a, a coach at Alpha, great kickboxing coach and striking coach and MMA coach, he was like my first strength and conditioning client. And now we sort of work together and we're just sort of... Wow. Built up from there, yeah. So Alpha's got a real solid base in terms of its its history and its gel with uh, with the coaching staff. I think so, yeah. yeah. I think because I mean, uh, uh, you know, I've known like Justin obviously is a legend, and it's just so good to have him on board. So I've known Mud since I was like I don't know twenty one, twenty two, or something like that. So that's like ten or twelve years. Um, and you know, Simon's me and Simon have been together for like six or seven years, and then pretty much what happened was like uh, it was just kind of us. Uh, sort of working through it and then when JB came on board like all of the JB guys came along as well Um, you know Dave Morley came along so he's great addition to the team as well and we just uh, we just got another one of JB's great man isn't he yeah a legend absolute legend so I think that's um, yeah just the uh, what makes it work I suppose just the the team aspect Who's, who's the other black belt? Uh, oh, Damo Frank. He's oh, just Damo. Come, yeah, he's hey, coming yeah. to train with us yeah. um, from he, Hunter Valley. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's uh, so we just he's coming to train with us now. So he's a weapon. I met him uh, when you had Lockie Giles at your at the gym. Oh, nice. The seminar. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a legend too. Yeah, so he was there with JB. Mm. Yeah. So I, so that's really cool. I guess just trying to and that's all I'm trying to do. Like with the gym, um, I remember. So like as I sort of said when I was first starting to train. Uh, you know, I had to go, go to, you know, Luke Bestens for jiu-jitsu, which is great, and then kickboxing with Rob Murdoch, and there was no such thing as wrestling. Like, there wasn't really much wrestling at all. Um, so that was all I'm trying to do with the gym. It's, I've, tried, I've got Farouk, wrestling coach. I've got Paul Cupid, boxing. I've got Simon and now Dave Morley, kickboxing, and then you've got the jiu-jitsu. So I'm just trying to sort of yeah. get everything that I ever wanted when I was young yeah. and put that into the gym pretty much. And a lot of people, because um, obviously, you know, Muzz was quite lucky to have Jamie to yep. have it all under one roof. Um, but you do hear those stories of back in the day, if you wanted to do MMA, like you mm. know, if you're watching UFC or something like that back in the day, yeah. you had to have like three or four different <laughs> coaches and memberships. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, and it's cool that you created the place that you always wish you had. Yep. You know, we kind of had a brotherhood, but yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a very... Um, it's a very cool thing that you've created for for the for Newcastle community. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I hope I, th- I hope, well people seem to enjoy it. You know, it's a good vibe, and I, that that's all I really just wanted to do. Um, when I opened, like Muzz sort of said to me about six months before Brotherhood shut, he's like, "Oh, look, I'm I'm you know calling it today," and then I just thought, "Oh shit!" Like we're not going to have an MMA gym. Like you know, there's not gonna, there's there's obviously Rod State has got a great gym out. It's a bit more like out at Raymond Terrace. Yeah. Um, so I thought, oh, well, okay, right. Well, I'll just get the best guys I can find and put them together and, and uh, you know, see what I can create. It's pretty cool, man. It's pretty cool that you um, you took that leap of faith, right? Because <coughs> yeah. obviously there's the people who won't do it will sit there and go, oh, he hasn't got a black belt. Why is he yeah. doing that? He oh, hasn't won, risk. He hasn't, yeah. he hasn't won a title. Why, mm. he, why is he, you know, doing that? Yeah. But again, man, like, you know, whenever I've come to your gym, it's always been good vibes, yeah. good people, all yeah. there for the same purpose. Yeah. You know, some people are there to be elite, you know, yeah. elite athletes and some yeah. people are there just because they, they love doing martial arts. So i got to commend you, man. And, you Thank know, you. I've, come, I've come to your gym over the last kind of three years and 
I've seen the I've seen the evolution not only just as you as a coach or you know the people inside of there, but also the facility itself. Like mm. you've got a one stop shop, you've got a strength and conditioning session, you've got a you've got a ring, mm. you've got you know your mat space. You know, I remember when I first got there, there was like lots. There's a big cage and mm. there was this, and I've seen it like kind yeah. of have some facelifts over the years, and now you've got this like real primo space. Yeah, and and ironically, is I'm still thinking about stuff I need to do better now. Anyway, as yep. far as the space goes, there's more stuff I'd like to do, and there's better things that I could do. So I think that's just uh, in my nature. Um, I don't really ever go, yep, this is perfect. Like, this is done. <laughs> yeah. I always just go, all right, what's the next thing I have to get better at? What do we have to change? What do I have to add? Yeah. Um, so that's just, I think that's just me really. Um, just and, and a lot of it actually too is, is got to do with um, uh, Lauren, my wife. She also really puts a lot of thought into how to design it really well and make sure it's very welcoming and, and um, that it's got like a, a really sort of professional looking yep. facility, I yep. suppose. That's yep. the kind of the idea. Uh, you, you would have been the same. Uh, you've seen it around is that fight gyms are wonderful, uh, you know, but sometimes hardcore fight gyms can be intimidating or, intimidating, you know, yeah. uh, the, the general person doesn't want to go there. So I think you can, I think you can still have both where yeah. you have, you know, a high quality facility with also high quality training without, training, you know, watering yeah. it down too much. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and speaking of Lauren, like what was her initial reaction when you said, Hey babe, mother's oh. shut the gym and I'm thinking about open. Oh, it was her idea. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. 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 So it was her idea. So well, like, of the year. Yeah, it turned out that way. So she really pushed me to do it um, just because at the time where I was working, I wasn't – so where I was working at the time, I wasn't particularly happy. And so I'd just gone out on my own as a strength and conditioning coach, and that was going fine. Like, that was all right. Um, but, yeah, well, it sort of – I guess for me, I was like, well, you know, I haven't got the pedigree that Muzz has in MMA, so there's no way that I feel like I can live up to his standard of, at Brotherhood. But she's like, no, just, you know – push yourself, you know, you've got skills, back yourself and have a go, dive in, you know, and and, and then what I've done is just surrounded myself with the best coaches that I can find. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it worked out because she pushed me into it. So, yeah, you can totally – she even thought of the name. Wow. We were down in Melbourne one time uh, and she just goes, hey, what about Alpha MMA? And I was like, all right, yeah, cool. Sounds good. <laughs> so she thought of it. She pushed me to do it. And, uh, and you know, a lot of the design choices and stuff like that are, are hers as well. Awesome, so man. I think it's just good to have that sort of partner that kind of like wants uh, the, you know, the best for you and, and for everyone. Yeah. That's really amazing to hear, man. It's, yeah. it's, ver- it's a rarity that you find someone like a Lauren. Yeah. Who, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, you, I mean, I'm not sure your situation, but obviously when I was a lot younger and you're training a lot of, um, you know, partners don't want you at the gym all day. They want you at home and, and you know, looking after them or whatever. So to have someone that supports what you do and, yeah. and really wants to push you in that direction, then it's fantastic. Oh, well, mate, yeah. Look look at the house that I live in and my yeah. wife, my wife's at the office at, yeah. a, at the law firm and I'm sitting here having, <laughs> having a out. chat to you talking about jiu-jitsu and, and MMA. So. Yeah. yeah, well, that's good, mate. But I think we're both living the dream then. That's yeah, good. living the dream for sure. Um, now, in terms of, like, you know, you've, you've nailed it on the head with – if you hang around five successful people, you'll become the six. Sure. If, if yeah. you if you hang around, if you're um, surrounding yourself with, you know, the best in the best in each yeah. field, then you're gonna have success regardless, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, you've you, know, you probably under under underestimated yourself at the start, but like, you know, you kind of look at the evolution of yourself as a coach, and you look mm-hmm. at the facility, and you look at the people that you've attracted. You look at the every time I come to your gym, man. There's like you know, do a jujitsu class. There's always like you know twenty to 25, 30 people on mm. the mats. So, um, who has been some key figureheads for you that have you know, got you through this evolutional journey as a coach? Yeah, well, so 
Uh, there's a few. Um, ironically, probably one of the big changes for, for me um, and that potentially separates me is that uh, when I was in Sydney uh, at Boxing Works and Training, that was fantastic training, but I got a job at the Australian Institute of Fitness, um, okay. which is just a, tra- it's a training company. So they teach people how to do Cert 3 and Cert 4 because that's, you know, that's what I've done. I'm a personal training and strength and conditioning coach and stuff like that. Uh, and so that's adult education. And so over the sort of four or five years that I was there, I sort of worked my way up to be like the lead coach there. And and that really taught me how to teach people and how to structure things. Uh, and there was a man there uh, named Mark Davis who really just taught me on how to get information across to people. Yep. Um, and so I think that that, that initially sort of helped um, because I am a teacher, basically. Like, so, I, you know, before I was sort of teaching wrestling and jiu-jitsu and things like that. I was just teaching uh, information to adults. So yep. I just got a lot of information out of that. So that was there uh, and that helped a lot. And then, yeah, each like I'm just sort of a little bit of everything. Like every coach that I've had, so, I, you know, I had Luke Besson, I've had Justin Murray, I've had Jamie Ballard, I've had Graham Weir, I had Larry Papadopoulos, um, you know, uh, all of those guys are great coaches all in their own. So I just sort of absorb what really works out of them and, and make it my own and just build it up. Uh, from there and then the the follow-on to that is just experience yeah really like you just look at uh all i do is is i always sort of internalize everything whenever like if if we you know win a match or lose a match i'm like okay what do we do right what do we do wrong what do the boys need more of and then so i just kind of build it up um from there that's kind of how it's evolved and it's still evolving now there's still stuff like i said i want to do better yeah um as it is yeah it was cool when um uh, what was the, what was that big comp that was on last year? I, think I remember. Was it ADCC? Might have been. I'm not sure. We Someone was filming. I was like, tell Benny to get his big head out of the way. Oh, yeah. That was ADCC. <laughs> yeah. God, I'll tell you what. But, yeah, like, you, you look at, um like, man, I look at, like, Al, and I'm like, mm. holy moly. Like, yeah. he's a, a big dude, super strong, re- retardedly athletic. <laughs> yeah. And got an engine for days for, yeah. a, for a guy of his size. Yeah. And, um, and you could just see, like, you know, after his, that, that, the second match that he, that he went down, he was just so bummed in himself. Mm. But I seen, like, just from the camera point of view, the way, like, you went over it and then what was addressed. I think I, I might have came to training the Tuesday after or something like that. Yeah. And just the, the way that you addressed it was, it was really cool, man. Oh, that's awesome. It was really cool to see as a, as a coach. It's not like, okay, we didn't lose here. We fucking learned something and yeah. this is what we need to work on. Yeah. Let's, let's rip into it. Yeah, that's in, I'm, that's glad, I'm glad you remember that because I don't. I mean, I remember the, the, the matches. I remember Al's performance. He did well on the day. Um, yeah. But that's great. I'm yeah. glad that, um, uh, you know, it's, it was a positive experience, I guess, watching from home. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I saw it and I was like, oh, my God, look at that. You, Ben, you need to lose some fucking weight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all I noticed. But, yeah, like, uh, uh, do you ever walk into the place some days – or in the gym, or, or you, know, you go to the office and you walk back out and you look at everyone there and stop and go, oh, "Fucking hell! I can't believe there's so many people here and what we've created." Um, I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I probably should. Really, <laughs> I, I probably should do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I, 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 I am. I suppose, like, if you think about it, sort of like if you sort of um, remove yourself from it and sort of look at it from a kind of a third person perspective or whatever then yeah it is a it is great a great thing that we've created i'm very very lucky um that it's gotten to that point and that it's working and that the things are great and there's so many people that enjoy uh what we offer yeah um so yeah that is a a really nice sort of feeling but yeah like i said i sort of go all right okay what do i need to do now like what's the next thing how do i do this or how do i fix that or yeah whatever 
Now, obviously being a black belt mm. and the evolution of your jiu-jitsu game, mm-hmm. uh, if you could look back to yourself as a, as a say, a blue belt mm-hmm. and where you are now, what do you think your your biggest strengths and biggest learnings have been from, say, getting your first coloured belt to, to, to being a black belt? What was the evolution of Ben's game? Yeah, that's a, that's quite an interesting one. Um, so as a oh yeah, as a blue belt when I trained relatively traditional. So this remember I'm so I'm thirty four and so this is going back like I'm thirty seven. You're old. You're ancient man, getting old. So this is going back like I think I think I got a blue belt twenty one maybe something like that. So thirteen, yeah. 12, 12, 13 years. I rem- so there's a there was a specific point that I remember having to adjust what I thought was good grappling. Um, so as a blue belt, I thought I was doing really well. And as I uh, mentioned, uh, so what, uh, I went down and trained with Larry down yep. at uh, Boxing Works. Uh, and I was quite a gi-oriented player, fairly um, sort of like, you know, spider guard and all the traditional sort of like gi jiu-jitsu yep. positions. Uh, and then, yeah, I went down to Larry's gym. One of my friends uh, who I went to uni, he trained down there. Um, and I just went down there for fun one time. Uh, uh, and I just got leg locked like 60 times <laughs> pretty much. Um, so I, I thought I was, was doing okay. Yep. And then I was like, oh, well, I'm not where I need to be. And the other element that changed identically to there was that like, I didn't really train that much wrestling then either. And then, so I just got thrown on my head just with suplexes and just these absurd things that I didn't even know. So that was when I actually sort of made a shift into like the direction yeah. that I'm going or that I am now, I suppose. That was when I was kind of like, oh, you know what, maybe, you know, the, you know that trick. Because classically back then the idea was like train kickboxing, um, train jiu-jitsu and that's, you know, you, you're sorted. But of course wrestling is, is the real key factor there. So that was when I kind of started to shift mo- more over to like that no-gi, more what you'd probably call submission wrestling yep. or grappling sort of style nowadays. Yep. So that was when I shifted over to that sort of style uh, and started to progress. And then, of course, that was, you know, uh, I stayed at Purple Belt for nine years because I wasn't really wearing the gi and I wasn't doing, like, traditional jiu-jitsu as it is yep. um, uh, then because, you you know, you couldn't grade without it. So that was when I really made that shift. Uh, and now uh, as I sort of shifted in that direction, um, I've also then now started to uh, – I just really kind of um, – modernize i guess everything like everything that i do i just try to stay up to date as possibly can always watch as many matches from the uh, from the best guys and see what they're doing and then just try and add that into my game so i think that was then the big so sort of like purple belt ben was like a submission wrestler really good top game uh you know tried to just always be heavy and do like brutal sort of catch wrestling style stuff and then i sort of now do a bit of a mix of both i still try to keep modern uh, jiu-jitsu guard play but mostly focusing on you know leg attacks and stuff like that from the bottom and then yeah. sort of have that wrestling pressure from the top yep. which i feel like you know of course i could be wrong but i feel like that's kind of modern jiu-jitsu is really kind of going to just catch wrestling submission wrestling sort of style yeah um with the no gi grappling anyway and to be honest with you i, I don't really know what the meta is in the gi at all i don't yeah. know where that's going at all so just trying to keep up to date really with what all the best guys are doing yeah 100 and you're starting to see like um like mikey and yep. Le- levi leary like coming mm-hmm. out of the gi coming over to yeah you know who's number one and mm-hmm. um it's crazy like because people are like oh how are they going to adapt yeah they do fine <laughs> yeah, yeah they do. so, they so do crazy how good they are 
Yeah, there's just an elite level now. And I, I think, well, that's the thing. Like, all of those young kids, like you see 16-year-olds winning the world championships and stuff like that, all the kids that are coming through now are going to be a thousand times better than yeah. us. And, and similar to how, you know, our generation is better than the generation before us and, yeah. and, and everything like that. Are you so. Italian? No, I'm You've not. You've got a lot of hand movements oh, going yeah. there, brother. Talk with my hands. <laughs> He's very animated. You've got too much energy. Yeah, it's so good. Um, yeah, well, I, I guess we're... I've, I feel like I'm so lucky because I came into jiu-jitsu at like, you know... The Gary Tonans, the yep. the Eddie Cummings, and then you got Gordon, and right. then you know we're so lucky to have someone like guys like Lockie um, mm. and Craig, yep. and who's made you know jujitsu cool and fun. Like, yeah, you know, we're so lucky. Yeah, with, great personality. Yeah, yeah. with Craig. Um, what? Who do you? Who's been the biggest influence on you? Say now in your modern game. Yep. Um, who's who's kind of a, a big influence where you, you look at them and go, I really like that style. It kind of works with my body type. Yeah. Who's someone that you're watching a lot of at the moment? Um, oh, well, yeah. So it's interesting. So some things I've sort of kept. So when I was when I was a wee lad, my hero was Hodger Gracie. And I and what I and I still sort of stick to this principle in some elements is that I just really loved how um, simplistic and elegant he was like he just did the real basics but just did them perfectly and 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 he did that so that was like original and then uh you know and then i started to there's a great coach you probably seen his stuff uh neil melanson he's like more of a catch wrestler style guy so i started to put all that stuff in um and that was sort of a lot of my style and nowadays i kind of just pick and choose what i feel great like i'll just watch I, I'm terrible with instructionals. Like I don't have a great attention span for instructionals. That's my <laughs> fault. But I'll watch matches a lot. So I'll you know I'll watch Gordon or Craig or Lockie or any of the any of the top guys really see something that I think would work really well and then just plug it in as yep. it, as it as it applies to to my game. Yeah. Um. And then yeah, and then a lot of it yeah is just stuff I'm kind of working on or something that I think will work myself. Like I'm just kind of trying to. Um, innovate myself if i can yeah cool and what's your thoughts on obviously the the discord splitting and you got guys like nikki rodriguez who's like four years into jiu-jitsu yeah um i'm really looking forward to seeing nikki rod at the next adcc yeah i think well i, I mean he's an athlete uh he's a super athlete so that's always going to be helpful and yeah i think that just comes down to the to the training room that you're in yeah. um I think so like very classically jujitsu sort of and, and yeah, jujitsu took a long time to kind of get good at, like the average well, I mean it took me fifteen years to get my black belt and you know, that's kind of you know, ten years is kind of a pretty normal thing. So I think within the right training framework, uh, they just get so much better, so much faster. Yeah. And and the, the systems that they have is just better than everybody else. So, you know, I I guess that's I suppose in, in that element that'll be quite interesting to see. Um how that goes now that like sort of Danaher and Gordon are, and I think Gary are maybe by themselves yep. and split up from the B team. Yep. It'll be interesting. Like it'd be cool, you know, for the B team guys to do really well, or it'd be interesting to see if like, you know, Danaher was the super wizard genius that knew everything. And then now, you know, the standard's not as high. I don't really know, but I'm pretty confident that they'll have a great standard and they'll kill it. Yeah. Um, at the ADCC. I think it's cool. Um, one, like, I guess being a bigger guy and having someone like Nicky Rod, like, going, yeah. hey, it doesn't matter if you're big, mm. you fucking rip in and do, like, you know, he's stupidly athletic. And yeah, a lot of people, um, I'm not too sure if you watched the Black Belt Slayer, the thing they bought out on Flow, everyone thought he was this, like, D1 college wrestler. But he, no, he, yeah, he actually wasn't. He yeah. wasn't, yeah. Yeah. He's just a, he's just a winner, man. He just wants yeah. to win. And, um, yeah, he's got some stupid, like, but I love him just because, 
he just doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. he's a big dude, and it's good to see that big guy's, you know, doing the stuff that he's doing. Yeah, well, I th- yeah, I think classic, and, th- and this is actually probably something that I tried to, uh, Luke Beston actually did this to me, like called me aside one time, and I asked him, because I'm a big guy, like I'm 100 kilos, you're the same, you're over 100. Well, pretty much anything we try works. Like in the in the training squad, like in the training gym, you know what I mean? Like because you're so big and you're so strong, and so like Luke actually gave me that advice. He's like, look, stop! Don't use your strength, don't use your explosiveness. Because I was a rugby player, um, and I was used to that sort of element. And 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 uh, he said, become technical, like you know, just start off your back, like play that type of thing. Uh, and so yeah, traditionally, big guy jujitsu gets criticised for not being very technical. Uh, but yeah, then you get guys like him who actually have got what it takes, then uh, they're going to elevate. Yeah, uh, elevate the sport and elevate heavyweight jujitsu and, and uh, make it better than it was before. Yeah. And yeah, you see, like, yeah, I think the last ADCC trained for like three years or whatever it was, and he's beaten guys that have been training for 20. Yeah. So obviously their system is is great <laughs> and works. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's, um, I'm really, really looking forward to, to ADCC. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, for so long, like, you know, you guys like Pachecha and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you're like, wow, Pachecha is amazing. And then, yeah. you know, here comes, Gor- here comes Gordon and yeah. then, you know, to, for Lockie to do what he did was yeah. just incredible. But yeah, I just yeah. think jiu-jitsu as a whole, man, is just – it's so exciting at the moment. Yeah, it's the best it's ever been, that's for sure. Um, and and I think, yeah, it's now like there's a real split, obviously. You've got the gi guys, you've got the no gi guys. It's two different sports yeah. pretty much. Uh, and, and then, of course, then you've got your other element of grappling, which is like MMA grappling, which is separate again. Uh, so, yeah, that's the most exciting. Like The guys are making the most money they've ever made, which is fantastic, and therefore the level just keeps getting better and better and better. 100%, um, man. Yeah. One person I want to touch on from your gym yep. um, is little Maxi. Oh, yeah, yeah. The kid, I love everything about that kid, yeah. man. He's yep. just got a heart of gold. Mm-hmm. He's got mongrel. Mm-hmm. Tech, like technical, like he just all he thinks about day in day out is jujitsu. Yep. The way he's promoting himself now on, yeah, on, know, on yeah. social media. Yeah, sponsored by hashtag Beast Mode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shout yeah. out to Danny and Trace. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that kid's that kid's special, man. Yeah. Like yep. I, I think someone who I think already knows his path mm. and where he wants to go. Yeah. Um, how do you? How do you keep a kid like that interested so that, you know, in 15 years' time, yeah. you've still got a max <laughs> underneath you? Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I'm happy. Like, he, he can go in whatever destiny he's want. I basically just said stay away from drugs and women, um, <laughs> and he'll be all right. But, yeah, I mean, he's got that uh, the drive. He's obsessed with grappling. He'll always sort of message me and ask questions, and he's always um, uh, just trying to get better, trying to learn. Uh, and he trains, I think, three or four hours a day most days, and he's trying to improve as much as he can. So uh, more, like, really more power to him. And I'm really, like, uh, I think he just turned 16. Yeah. So the world's ahead of him. And he just got to maintain that, um, uh, the, the uh, consistency. Yeah. That would be the main thing. So that was probably one thing I learned as a young kid, training five hours a day. Uh, is you can really get burnt out and fatigued yeah. and injured yeah. um, and run yourself down if you do it wrong. So uh, that would be the the main thing. Like just stay consistent, stay on the grind, but also make sure you still enjoy it and then you don't burn himself out. But yeah, absolutely, he can be anything that he wants to be. Yeah, no, I just wanted to touch on that because, like, I, I you know I'm, I'm always engaged with him because I just think he's got a great attitude. Like mm. for a kid, you know, at 15, 15 or whatever he is, yeah. 
that's amazing to see, yeah. and it's awesome to see someone who's just channeling all that focus and energy into into grappling, which is something yeah. that can give him a positive return on investment for his life. Yep. Um, but also him as a person, you know, he's exposed. Mm. He's exposed to a lot of older people. You know, guys yeah. like you know Davy Morley having like having crew like Davy Morley yourself. Mm. You know, Jamie Ballard. You know, guys like that are any muzz. Like yeah. you know, there's there's some real good guidance in that room for a young sixteen year old to yeah. to, to do life. Yeah. Really, really well. Yeah, I think that's probably an undersold element just of that type. Well, I get that all the time, actually. We've got a lot of uh, mums and dads that ring up and want their teenage son or daughter to come along and train with us, whether it's just, you know, they might have experienced bullying or whatever at school or um, or just to give them sign of some focus and direction. And I think that that really does help. There seems to be a point in your teenage years where you just ignore your parents and don't want to listen to anything they have to say. Uh but if you're still surrounded by good older role models like he is now and he's got people sort of in his ear trying to help him out, then I think that does help a lot. Yeah. Him, keep him on the straight and narrow. Yeah. It's uh, it's incredible. I just wanted to touch on that because, um, yeah, I, I just, yeah, he's a special kid and he's got a great attitude towards yep. not only, you know, grappling but also life as well. Yeah. Such a nice, polite kid. So, yeah. Yeah, which is awesome. Um, now, in terms of obviously we've – We've had a lot of shit behind us and yeah. it's looking like we've got a bit of a light at the end of the yeah, tunnel. Yeah, yeah. Your guys must just be eager for competition, both yeah. boxing, MMA, yep. jiu-jitsu. Um, yep. You must have a lot of shit spinning at the moment, man. Yeah, that is that sort of – that's the, the the balancing act, but that's obviously why you know we've got such great coaches. So, yeah, we've got a couple of boxing fights coming up. Uh, on the on the 11th, which is ironically the same day as grappling industry. So, you know, you've got guys <laughs> grappling during the day and then boxing at night um, and ADCC. So that's just the juggling act. And, uh, yeah, and the, and the guys that want to fight MMA uh, have got their name down for uh, shows that are in the early New Year. Yep. Um, and so, that yeah, that's just that sort of juggling aspect that we always have. Um, some people are um, – uh, look, to be honest with you, some people are out of shape and they're, and they're just getting back into it and they're taking their – um, competition journey a little bit slower yep. and then some of the other guys are uh, just frothing to get after it <laughs> which is which is understandable I think a lot of and you would have had the same thing a lot of the guys have had like uh, you know they've had a uh, a paid for competition since like July last year or something yeah, like man. that yeah. that, that just keeps getting cancelled and moved back and yep. so they've just been itching to get into it yeah so yeah so that's pretty much what we all try and work towards I always try my best even though not everyone's a competitor and, and you don't have to be. Yep. Uh, I always try to th give the guys an update on what's coming up next. So, you know, these are the boxing shows, these are the grappling tournaments, and then these are the MMA shows that are coming up. Yeah, awesome, man. Now, on this podcast, we uh, we depart with um, some words of wisdom. Oh, right, jeez. Okay. So, the wrong bloke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Benny, uh, take your time with it. Um what you've learned over your journey, maybe something that you've read that resonates with you or you know, a, a motto that you might live your life by. What's some departing words of wisdom from, from, from the black belt, Benny? <laughs> black belt. Uh, oh, I think that's it. I got my black belt, so now I have a PhD in philosophy, I think, now that I can give those <laughs> things out. Uh, I, I probably would just say, if anything, that it's um, – as a leader or as someone who's in charge or whatever, everything's your fault. So what I mean by that is just take responsibility for everything that you do um, and then you'll improve. That's the main thing. I think that's the only thing, especially for younger people or whatever, just try your very best not to make excuses if things don't go the way they're going or the way you want them to go or whatever. Take responsibility for your actions um, and, and 
figure out how you can do things better. Like you can't always change what everybody else does or you can't change or whatever. So that's the main thing. Just try and think about how you can do things better rather than worrying about what everyone else did that went wrong or or what might an excuse might be. That's probably the main one. 100% man. Yeah. Yeah. Ben cooked the the daily stoic. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's that's just something that I've found that generally works um, for me. Uh, And I think it just works better for... um, for your development, I suppose, just because if you make an excuse, you're kind of not accepting that you might have done something wrong or that you could have done something better yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So then, you know, you just just take it on the chin and um, improve that way. Agreed, man. Now, where can we find you at? Find me? Oh, geez, I'm one of those weirdos that barely uses social media. Um, uh, <laughs> well, let's use the business. Yeah, well, so Alpha MMA Newcastle is me. Um, so whenever you message the page or you talk to someone, that's who you're talking to. You're chatting to me. I send them... Um, uh, you know, I do all the social media and I uh, respond to everybody. So you can talk to us at Alpha MMA Newcastle. You can also go to alphamma.com.au. That's our website. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much me. Happy days, man. Well, thank you very much for coming in and taking the time to have no, a chat. Thanks, man. It was really, really appreciate it, man, to get a bit of a bit more of an understanding of your journey. And yeah. if you are in Newcastle, yep. head to Cardiff and uh, check out Alpha MMA because the guys are awesome there. Great training, uh, great environment, and really, really good training partners there as well. Yeah, awesome. Thank Too you easy. so much, man. Thanks, Appreciate Benny. It. Thanks Cheers. a lot. Legends, make sure you like and subscribe on all your podcasting platforms and head over to Instagram and check us out at to the point underscore podcast.